knotless braids, kinky twists, lace fronts, and crochet styles. We're talking about black hair trends and how we got here. Also, can we leave black women in sports the fuck alone? Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, and other black women. Minding their business and resisting the status quo in the process. It's Tea with Queen and Jay. Drink up. What up? Nothing. What up? What up? What's you? Uh, nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing really, really good. I can't help I'm looking at your hair. It looks really good. Thank you. Jay I feel got her so excited. I feel so, so nice. excited. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. I was going through a down spiral in my uh, quarantine. <laughs> Am I quarantining? I know there's a lot of people who are like out of quarantine. And so like this doesn't even register to them Mm -hmm. anymore. But I'm still, even though we're both vaccinated and I'm a little bit more comfortable in knowing that or in believing at least that I probably will not die from coronavirus. Like I know it's there. It's still people Mm -hmm. in my life. I am a black person. So there's still people in my life who are not vaccinated and I don't want to be a carrier. I don't want to fucking carry the coronavirus to them or whatever. So I've still been being cautious yeah and i'm easing back in socially easing back into seeing people again if i even bother and i say that meaning to say when i see people again i will be easing into it it's not like a hey vaccine free for all whatever (laughs) but anyway the last four months have been so busy and so many things have happened yeah and everything is (laughs) I'm thinking of that little clip of that little girl from Real Housewives. Thinking of so many things. <laughs> so many things going on that I've been like neglecting I myself wish a little life bit. Would get better. Better. So much better. That's like that's that's where I've been in my head, right? So oh yeah, so I ended up neglecting like doing my hair. So in yes. quarantine, I had been like doing my own hair, which is a thing because I'm 4C or whatever. And it has gotten a lot easier. We talked about that a little bit, like washing methods and shit like that. So yeah. it has gotten a lot easier, but it is still something that I have to set aside time to do. And I just felt like I was doing that podcast course and then I got a job all of a sudden when yep. to, to clarify, even though I am happy happy to be working what i asked for was income okay (laughs) (laughs) not work i said income right i didn't ask for work per se but that's cool that it's coming this way i do enjoy quote-unquote the work that i'm doing so it's cool but anyway yeah just back-to-back busyness in a way that i wasn't really prepared for so i neglected my hair also didn't have money to get my hair braided that was not on the list of things Mm -hmm. that i could afford to do so when i was like working again i was like wait a second i mean i was always working but when i was getting income from the work yeah. i was doing i can get my hair done. wait i can't get my hair yeah. braided yes <laughs> so i detangled my locks i had a fucking impromptu basquiat slash fucking jay-z situation going on <laughs> under my scarf or whatever yeah so i detangled that i lost mad hair which was fine i still had plenty to go thank god and um yes i got my, got my hair yeah. braided that's the that's, that's the I got my hair braided. Yeah. And that hair probably was just natural shedding that didn't shed because it's not was but right but because I had neglected it for so long, I had um I had twists in and the buildup, I had a lot of buildup, and that also like pulled some of my hair out because I had to actually like detangle and like unlock and all that stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was just some locks that was like, okay, this is how are your arms? Because when I detangle, my arms be like I did it over a span of a few days. Oh, okay. okay. It was a lot. Yeah. 
It that's was smart whole, though. That's smart. It took up, yeah, it took it's up a, a lot of time. It was a whole situation. It's a workout. One time I saw on Twitter someone was someone I don't follow, but they were detangling their hair. They have an Apple Watch, and the Apple Watch is like, oh, like you're working out. <laughs> it was like, no, <laughs> I'm de- like, no, bitch, yeah. I'm detangling my hair. But her Apple Watch thought she was working out because of the amount of arm work she was. She was doing. She was. She was. She was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yo. So cheers. Cheers to getting here, Braden. I'm excited to be back in the game. It feels good. <laughs> I like my, my scalp is breathing air again. So I'm excited about it. So welcome, welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. We, we are, are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social media. You can also use the hashtag pod in, and that allows other people on that hashtag to find T with Queen and J. If you're not already, you should be, but if you're not, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. You can also follow us on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for us there and hit that follow button. We want to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So you can send us your T-mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Send us any questions, comments, feedback, silly things, serious things, all the things. Send them to us, T with Queen and J at gmail.com. This is a spot of tea segment free episode yes every week we pour libations for the people places and things giving us a black ass black joy queen what are you pouring libations for this week so i am pouring libations for a documentary that i watched over the weekend on netflix called in our mother's garden really really just beautiful um documentary that i watched so this documentary is black woman focused this is from the netflix website so i'm gonna sound a little robotic but then i'll explain um my version also black women from across the globe unlock stories of their mothers to redefine holistic lives rooted in radical self-care and healing in this documentary what i really enjoyed about the documentary was that it was just colorful it was just really visually appealing to look at a lot of times when they was explaining stories they would like use visuals in ways that i hadn't seen before in a lot of documentaries so i really was into that the woman in the documentary all of them had amazing stories of radical self-care of their mothers of their grandmothers of where they were from it was diasporatical as fuck which i enjoyed as well black women Mm -hmm. from all over which was just really great to hear these many different black women stories one story that stood out to me because i related to it was tarana burke she was one of the people in a documentary and she talked about her grandmother how her grandmother was not like the big mama grandmother or the grandmother Mm -hmm. that we stereotypically talk about when we talk about black grandmothers she wasn't like this praying woman she wasn't this milk and cookies you know whatever her grandmother was Mm -hmm. like gangster and it uh, reminded me of my grandmother because i usually my grandmother's not like, wasn't never like any of those things. Right. Grandmother would take me with her to the liquor store. My grandmother's who taught, who taught me how to hop the train. My grandmother mm-hmm. is a grandmother who like, if you threaten her kids, there's, there's like stories of my grandmother like fighting police. There's like stories of my grandmother. If you, I think 
these guys try to jump my uncle and my mother came outside with a hatchet like my grandmother is that grandmother and mm-hmm. we do hear those stories when we talk right. like amongst ourselves but when I guess on media spaces when you hear about the black grandmother it's usually like you know God fearing praying whatever I don't know I just liked mm-hmm. hearing that because I was like yeah I just felt seen in that moment so that was cute another thing about the documentary that has nothing to do with the documentary but that I really enjoyed it just seemed like everyone had banging ass earrings I don't know if you mm. noticed that when you watched it it was like I'm like mm-hmm. did they give these earrings like everyone had That's I'm funny. into earrings so everyone had like amazing ass earrings makeup on point here I don't know I just really loved looking at those women hearing their mm-hmm. stories it was just dope really like feel good kind of documentary especially when I'm trying to stay away from anything that's going to make me feel sad or angry or mad or anything it, it just felt good it felt really yeah. really good so if you want to watch that documentary it's on netflix now and yeah i recommend it check it out it feels good it feels i liked good. it i want to know who the auntie was that was making that huge feast for her ancestors <laughs> there's this woman in there who's um you know talking about and they all kind of talk about ancestral work like to a certain extent or whatever because they're talking about their history with you know the black women and their families and things like that but there's this one who's preparing a feast for the ancestors it's not presented like she's preparing a feast but by the end of it it's this huge bowl huge Huge. deep bowl of food that she puts at her altar on the floor and yeah i text my friends like do all of y'all do this like (laughs) (laughs) like my altar is a my altar could be a little bit more bountiful in terms of its offerings like i have alcohol there i have water there i have money there i have you know i have other little things there yeah um i put fruit there i don't cook so there's that so i don't really cook so it would be rare that I would put any cooked food yeah. at my altar. But if I did, <laughs> it would not be no huge, deep She had a cover for bowl. it. It wasn't like the bowl was just open air so like bugs could get to it and shit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she had it figured out. She looked like she'd been doing this for years. Okay. <laughs> but I was like, all of that? okay but hey listen do for the ancestors what you do for the ancestors but if y'all watch that and you saw that bowl hit me up and let me know if (laughs) if your bowl is as huge as that your your it looked mad good it was like a a it did look delicious it looked delicious i was like all of that all of that but no it was good i really i really enjoyed it it was definitely cute so definitely check out in our mother's gardens on netflix Super cool, super good. What are you pouring libations for, Jay? I want to pour libations to everybody who listened to our Kissing Dogs in the Mouth episode where we talked about black people and pet ownership. So libations to everybody who listened to that and everybody who gave us great feedback. Also libations to everybody who sent us loving pics of their pets and stories about their pets. Thank you so much. We also got a message from a veterinarian who says, hello, Queen and Jay, I'm a veterinarian and so appreciate y'all talking about yours and your family experience with pet care in episode 293. The vet med field has a lot of work to do in terms of encouraging, recruiting, and retaining black vets. I wanted to pass along info for anyone looking to enter the vet field. There is the National Association for Black Veterinarians. That's uh, nabvonline.org. 
who advertise outreach programs for pre-vet students and possibilities, and that's possibilitiesvetmednetwork.com, which is a free mentoring platform where pre-vet students can be connected with veterinarians Aww. for mentorship and was co-founded by a vet who is afro Tina. So thank you so much. And that's from that's Kayla. Cool. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And so if you are a black person who's interested in becoming a veterinarian or you are a black veterinarian, check these resources out. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. So libations again, we'll put the link to that episode in the show notes. If you have not already listened to it, mm-hmm. Queen, can you tell people how they can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. Yes. So, of course, we always want you to take care of yourself first, but this podcast runs on your support. So, there are two ways to donate. If you go to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, slide down on our homepage, there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option where you can donate any amount at any time. And our second option is our Patreon option. And that's where we're asking for a monthly commitment of $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. We will appreciate that shit and also give you a bonus episode every month. We also like it when you share this podcast on social media. Tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. All of that helps grow Tea with Queen and Jay. And thank you to everyone who has reviewed us on Apple Podcasts already or whatever other app you listen to us on. We read all of those reviews. So if you haven't left a review or stars, you know, do that now. Pick up your phone right now and, you know, do that for us. And thanks in advance for doing that. That's right. If you would like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, T-mail us at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak virtually at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcasting, or some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at teawithqueenandj.com. Um, this is where we usually say who supported us on the podcast. Um, yeah, this week we did get a new Patreon. Thank you so much, uh, Kaylee, for becoming a new patron. We appreciate you. Thank we you. We didn't get any PayPal donations this week. PayPal was dry. We just want to remind everybody that your support helps us to stay <gasps> in this podcast. I was <laughs> trying to do that noise. That that oh dry. oh the dry. No- okay, wait. I'm gonna do it. You do it. Do it. Do it. Please. You do it better than. <laughs> Thank you. Thank That's you. what that Patreon was giving. No, PayPal was giving. We're dry over here. There's no <laughs> snack money. You're not going to be able to pay your editor. You're not going to be able to pay the social media manager that you just hired. But that's all lack. We believe in abundance. <laughs> but please yes, know exactly. that that is what your support goes towards us being able to help our growing team. We have expanded our team to include a social media manager. So shout out to Joe. We appreciate you. We would like to be able to pay Joe without incurring financial stress and distress. And we pay people equitably. We're not looking for the get by. Okay. So. We're not trying to exploit people. Okay. Yeah. So we are paying black women to get shit done. When possible, we are donating money to black folks. So we like to be able to continue to do all of those things and have emergency money and shit for the things that come up for this podcast. Podcast and all the stuff that we do surrounding it. So, you know, 
Hit the PayPal. Hit the Patreon. If you're not already a Patreon supporter, we do a bonus episode every, every month. month. Sometimes we do two. June. We were supposed to do two in May, so we're going to do two in June now. May was a rough month, and so June, we're we're back at it. We're going to give you all your two yeah. episodes mm-hmm. as a thank you on Patreon. Moving along, Queen, yes. what kind of tea are you drinking? I am drinking green tea because... I just that's what I took out the cabinet. I don't know why, but okay. trying to create an explanation. But that is what I'm drinking. What kind of tea are you drinking? This is a water kind of day. I'm just on my water. Okay, I'm on my water drink today. I think later I'll probably have some lemon, lemon ginger tea or something like that. But this is gotcha. a water kind of moment. And what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. Queen, what are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming that. I am moving my body as well as appreciating my body. So that's mm-hmm. what I am affirming. What are you affirming for yourself this week? I like that one. I am affirming, again, I affirmed this last week, but it was already uh, almost the end of the week. I am affirming that my apartment will be clean this not, week. It was not. It's the same I'm day. Here. Felt it was, over. It was it Tuesday, over. just like today. <laughs> felt over. Felt over. Oh, but I'm affirming that it'll be clean. This week, mm-hmm. I also do. I, I do want to affirm some exercise for myself. Also, I want to affirm some exercise. So I gotta, I gotta do some of that. Uh, I'd rather call it body movement. It just feels better than exercise. Yeah, nah. I gotta get a little bit aggressive with it. I gotta get a little bit aggressive with it. Okay. I gotta do something. One of those I gotta do. Exercise or body move. It doesn't matter which one it is. I have to do some of it. But I, 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 I mean, I assume cleaning my apartment will probably result in uh, some of that movement. It will. But um, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Mm-hmm. You know what we haven't done in a while? What? A moment in black hair. Let's, ooh, let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Queen, can you tell people what our moment in black hair is? Even though we said we wasn't doing segments today, we're doing a moment in black hair. We do what, what we is want. our moment this in is black our show. hair? We do. We, do we motherfucking what do. We want. So, the moment in black hair is a segment where we talk about black hair. Even when it's not trying to bleed, black hair is political. You know, we're just trying to exist with our hair and it becomes a thing. A lot of times we share great stories and sometimes we share not so good stories about black hair. Hair. Yes, but this is a fun story today. This is just some shit that I was curious about. Yeah, today, today's a fun story. So like we said earlier, I was able to get my hair braided. It was exciting. I hadn't got my hair done in, I don't know how long, but it feels like... It was like a year. At least, yeah, at least. It's been at least a year because I had an install in before we went into... Oh, yes, you're right. Done by somebody else, right. Yeah. I had an install in before we went into quarantine and then I took that out. I guess it was still kind of the beginning and then we was just in in quarantino we was just mm-hmm. in quarantino yep and i didn't have money to get hair braided and also we were still figuring out covid so it's like i'm not going nowhere for somebody to be breathing in my face yeah exactly and us getting each other sick we don't need to do that and places were closed down for a long time mm-hmm. first and then after that it was like i don't know I don't know what's going on out there. Yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I had actually, when we were starting to close things down before we knew what it was, I had Mm -hmm. gone to my homegirl to take my hair down and get it washed and all that shit. Because I wasn't washing my own hair or anything like that because I hated it. Mm -hmm. And yes. Yeah. Right. 
So that was probably, we were probably also giving each other coronavirus, even though I didn't get sick or whatever. I feel like we both had it. But who knows? Anyway, that could just be something in my head. Yeah, I'm like, stop putting that on yourself. And like, why? Who does that? <laughs> I don't know. But I went and, and got my hair done. I was It was one of those times where it was like, after it was already done, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have did that. But it was still when we were still figuring out like what's happening here what's going on yes we've never done a pandemic before it's okay that you went and got exactly. your hair washed the no fuck? you're right you're right you're right <laughs> you're right it was a lot of lots of confusion and uncertainty so i was finally able to get my hair braided i finally felt comfortable i'm vaccinated i double ma- i mean I'm, I'm always double masked up or whatever but i took out my k95 okay i had that under my cloth mask or whatever so went to get my hair braided mm-hmm. And so I wanted knotless braids, right? So for anybody who doesn't know, there are traditional braids, quote unquote traditional braids, which are braided in with like a knot method. So if you get extension, extension braids, the knot is like at the root of your hair and that's what's made to Mm -hmm. tie your hair to the rest of the braid so knotless braids are where you can't see the knot so you can't see that initial joining of the synthetic hair with your natural hair and so the synthetic hair is fed into the knotless braid so that's why it's called knotless but i wanted these knotless braids because they I, I i like the look of them and they are less painful because there's not so much tension at your scalp or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I get these knotless braids. I don't like sitting to get my hair done. So if I'm going to sit for hours, then like, let's get ridiculous. Like do them down to my back. If I'm going to be here, let's yeah. make it for a reason. Okay. So I get these long ass braids down to my butt. So I get my hair braided. It was less painful than usual. I got my knotless braids. I'm happy with it or whatever. And then I'm thinking, could we have been getting knotless braids all along? Like most people, we call them traditional braids or whatever, the ones with the knot, because that's typically when people were getting synthetic braids or box braids or whatever, they were the ones with the knot that were, again, more painful. And you seeing this huge knot at the base of the scalp. So like, could we have just been getting knotless braids all this time? It had me thinking about hair trends and like things that we are doing now that we weren't doing before trends that have come into existence maybe over the last few years as far as like to our knowledge or whatever mm-hmm. that we weren't doing before and where they came from and how they came to be because knotless braids i'm like we had the technology to do this it's not like there's some new tool or whatever it's like we could have been doing this as a collective all this time why weren't we why I never understood doing this. why the knot was more popular because my mom used to box braid her hair with extensions and she would do mm-hmm. knotless. And I know how to box braid. And when I taught myself the first time, I did knotless. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like, that's not what everyone does. So I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> so oh. I learned how to do the knots because that's not what was happening around me. Or like right. sometimes my braids would come out because I used to have weird braids a lot because I did a lot of sports. And I'll just mm-hmm. re-braid the braid myself. And I would rebraid it, not less. And it'll be right. like, that braid looks different from the other braids, like from like my sisters yeah. or like from people around. And I'm like, well, that's what I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. So then it made me like, okay, let me figure out this knot. But it's like, yes, why the fuck were we? Why was we doing this? Doing that? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. were we doing this? So if you look at like traditional braids from the 90s, it's probably where it's easiest to see that. Because I think people 
even with the knot lately, they were kind of, it was a little bit more finesse, but it was still like a knot or whatever. But yeah. if you look at braids from the 90s, if you look at Janet Jackson's box braids from Poetic Justice or whatever, there's a there's a knot at the base of that braid. Um, So that's what that shit is. And yeah, why was we doing this? So I think it had a lot to do with it being easier and faster. And since the knot was acceptable, it was just like, that's just what it is when you get braids. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like what it was. It's faster to do than the knotless because with knotless you're feeding in the synthetic hair gradually you start with the natural hair and then you feed the synthetic hair in later in the braid instead of at the base so it is faster to do it with that big ass knot but i was like yo why was we doing this what was the point of this so i looked a little bit into why this is popular now because i really did want to know like what the fuck is happening Mm -hmm. also you get a lot of buildup at the base of the braid when you have that knot or whatever so like we've been doing this all this time it's natural to shed hair or to lose a little bit of hair when you take your braids out or whatever because your hair naturally sheds when it's out and so since your hair has been in when you take it down there is going to be like shedding and shit like that but you also lose more hair because that knot is there with that buildup. so you could be losing more hair than you should be but anyway so i looked into this knotless braid situation and in terms of the history of knotless braid braid expert camilla or at miss hair and humor on instagram in the zoe report she says while it's hard to pinpoint exactly where they originated she says two things are certain they came on the scene in urban cities think new york dallas atlanta and la roughly i guess it would be seven years ago now or whatever and it originated out of a pressing interest to better protect natural hair now thanks to social media knotless braids are everywhere so to your point like people had been doing them before it just wasn't the popular way to braid hair but it also had me thinking about like what other hairstyles what other trends are more popular now than they were like when we were growing up because we've been growing up getting braids and getting extensions and doing different hairstyles and things with synthetic hair as black women but I was really curious about some of the origins of these things that are like new and it seems like most of it comes out of this desire for like what we're calling now protective styling which we were always doing but weren't calling protective styling per se so yeah had me thinking about some of the other styles and other hair trends that we've noticed in the recent years that haven't been around all this time so like i said knotless braids crochet braids have seen i think increasing popularity what are some things or some hairstyle trends that you would consider fairly new fairly new um the accessibility of a fucking lace front that was not yes a thing like that was famous people like that was not something we were still mm-hmm. sewing in having leave outs <laughs> um mm-hmm. and doing shit like that like lace fronts being like you know, there's synthetic lace fronts. There's, there's, you know, there's just so many kind of like fucking lace fronts now and like mad tutorials. I think also YouTube has made a lot of these things accessible yes. in ways that it wasn't for us before, but we right. could like learn how to do it ourselves. Or if you, even if you don't learn how to do it yourself, because the information is out there like so readily that it made it just more accessible for us to do a lot of these things. I do remember someone mm-hmm. in my high school having crochet braids, but to us, it was like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, we... <laughs> <laughs> Back in the 90s, it was called um, Latch and Hook. 
So it existed, okay. but yeah. people wasn't calling it crochet. That makes sense. Because it is a latch hook. That thing is a latch hook. Like a, yeah, um, yeah. The tool used to crochet. Yeah, is it, a, is a yeah it is it's a, a latch hook or whatever. But where was she from? Um, She was, I don't know what country, but she was a continental African. So that could okay, be another so reason why she sense. had some right. things that we didn't She had have, the technology. But... Right. I also want to say I was not in high school in the 90s. <laughs> no, that's not what I was tr- saying that's not what i was saying okay, i was okay, just okay. saying that right i was just saying that the latch and hook it was called latch and hook back in the, in 90s. the 90s got you got you got you. right but yeah because that was just different to see that and then hers mm-hmm. were she got like really thin box braids crocheted in her head like it wasn't even right. like it was just like some out of this world <laughs> mm-hmm shit mm-hmm. but that's the only time i've seen that and then when the resurgence when we when we became accessible i guess and we started to do crochet i'm like oh that's what she had i didn't mm-hmm. even like put together like i really, really thought she sewed the hair in her head because that was the only thing that made sense because i knew about sewing weaves so she must oh, have okay. sewed those so braids and right but so it was no. like a braid weave but no, that's what i thought crochet. but no it was right. actually crochet but i just didn't have the information yeah for anybody who doesn't know what um crochet is the crochet method is basically there's the braid or whatever gathering of hair that you want to put in your hair usually underneath people will braid their natural hair in cornrows there are other people who use shortcuts or whatever but most people will braid cornrows in their hair and then the extensions are crocheted in or like there's no use of string. There's no use of like sewing in the way that a weave would be done. It's like you loop the extension like under and around the or onto the The, cornrow, like your natural hair cornrow, whatever. Yeah. Other things that I think are fairly new, invisible parts are new. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're called, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's when you crochet the hair a certain way so that you can't see the fucking part. Maybe for crocheting, I'm not sure, but invisible parts were a thing for like weaves and stuff. If you did like a full weave and you still wanted a part, there was a way to do that so it didn't look like you couldn't see the track or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fuck? Those are things yes, I've never... Yes, I, yes, I, yes, they're yes. hard. <laughs> I can't figure them shits out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah but would you say that is fairly recent in terms of a trend or you think that that was like a always thing i remember them were they called invisible parts mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah yeah like you said lace fronts becoming mainstream lace front cornrows that feels new to me was that always a thing? that feels new to me if it's not new it was some you was rich like i don't know right <laughs> like what's the first time you remember seeing a lace front or registering because i'm sure there have been times we've seen them and didn't register like oh that was a lace front was the first time you remember being like oh was that a wig i would say i started seeing them around the 2008s i want to know when's the first time you recognize seeing it anywhere like, it could be in media. No, I don't even think, because I never... Oh, you're saying 2008 is the first time you register seeing it anywhere. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I guess I never really cared about what celebrities were doing right. and their techniques and stuff like that. It was just like, their hair looks nice, and that was kind of just it for me. Okay. I started realizing lace fronts existed probably, and I'm sure that they existed way before I noticed. But I started mm-hmm. noticing them um, in like 2008, 2007, and then that's when I'm like, oh, that's what those people are doing. But I never put mm-hmm. together that celebrities had this different kind of system and then we had this i just thought they just brought really good hair had a really Mm -hmm. good stylist (laughs) and they just made it look really really natural interesting i believe the delusion 
that was a lace front, I guess, when it came to celebrities. Oh, and it's okay. not until I started seeing like people around me getting it that I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it clicked. Like, that's what's happening. Okay. They're mm-hmm, not magical. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what. Yeah. I think the first time I registered, like, am I looking? What am I looking at right now? Was one of those Mary videos. She's wearing like a, she's wearing like a lace front French bun or something like that. And I'm like, it's no way that. <laughs> her natural hair mm-hmm. permed hair whatever is that thick and it looked like i was like why does it look like it's coming out of her scalp why does that like i know that this is synthetic why does it look like it's coming fresh out of her why does it look like it has roots in her body mm-hmm. what's happening right now so it was like a mary j blige video i don't know what album era but it's when she was like happy and stuff so it was weird mm-hmm. not it was before i think it was before hater rating in the dancery okay yeah but one of those videos, like either all for you, one of those where I think I think it was the one that she had Michael Jordan in the video. She had Michael and Jordan in the video. Yeah, there's a Mary video with Michael Jordan in it. Yes, Awkward. yes, we would never that, in present modern day. Yup, yup. I think it's the same album where she had uh, what's his name, Maine in the video. Who's Maine? from empire i don't remember the character's names the main dude from empire the old the uncle oh terrence howard dad yes it was the video that that. she had that was around probably like 2003 2002 i think it was that era Mm -hmm. i think it was that era early 2000s Um, yes early 2000s and it was like yo this looks like it's coming directly out of her head so that was the first time i noticed a lace front in mainstream oh my gosh and then i want to shout out some of the original lace front warriors on the ground right on the ground on the ground on the ground so like some of the original lace front warriors in our everyday lives like when everyday folks started actually like wearing lace fronts or whatever because like there was a surge in popularity he was talking about accessibility like you couldn't just get a lace front wig like that wasn't people's first thought like oh i'm gonna get a lace front wig it wasn't super duper common so yeah Yeah. some of the original soldiers on the ground that got lace fronts that were too close to their eyebrows or like the glue was too tight and pressed down oh gosh or you know just people experimenting and it was it was experimentation and it was just out here in the streets and it was awkward you know it was awkward and I'm trying not to. We ain't work with a lot of people. You remember when we worked at H and M, and it was this one person who got a lace front, and it was like right directly above their eyebrows, and it was too close down, and it wasn't enough lace. I think they had cut it too close to the hair, and it just looked like it was. It looked like it was cutting into. I don't their remember foreheads. this. Who was this person? Oh God, she was. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was a challenging. That was a she had yeah she had got one really bad lace front install and it was strange too because she always had her hair like short and curly or she had yeah. that hair she had that hair that that three C hair and then she just yeah. came with this weird <laughs> yes, and niggas that. was not being forgiving about it it was like it was a it was a thing so I, I don't want to forget 
I want to make sure that we acknowledge the soldiers on the ground in any hair thing. You know what I'm saying? Where people are trying it out in the beginning, it's like mm-hmm. it can be weird yeah. or whatever. So um, we want to pour some out. We want to pour some libations out that. for the original that. lace front I soldiers on the ground. I experiment a lot too, so I I get mm-hmm. it. I feel you, soldiers on the we ground. We see you. Yeah, we see mm-hmm. you. Cheers to you for trying new things, yo, for sure. Yep. What else? Every- Everything with the lace front, the fucking the baby hairs on the lace front, be yes. boggling my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I'm fascinated by that. I kind of feel like that baby hair on lace fronts thing is what made baby hair come back and be a thing. Cause like I remember baby hair being mm. a thing when we were younger. Then mm-hmm. it wasn't so much because I, we was having doobies and shit. Like, I don't know. It wasn't right. so much for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then baby hairs again. Um, So I feel like the lace front is what helped bring the baby hairs back because it was like, okay, you got to do something up here and make it look right. natural. That made it look like, you know, that was your hair or whatever. But I do remember we weren't doing all the things for a while. All of the shit that baby hairs is doing now that right, used to right, happen, right, right, right. we were not doing for a period. Mm-hmm. And then it came back. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm back. I'm glad it came back. I'm glad it came back because I feel like it allows, like, because black people have been taught that our hair is not okay in its natural state or whatever even within the natural hair movement and we talked about this before like how there's white supremacy within the natural hair movement and like Mm -hmm. how there's texturism and like the straighter your hair is the better it is even within the natural hair movement like does it have a loose curl or whatever people are are it's it's gotten better but at the heart of the natural hair movement at the center of it at the height of it it was a lot of that shit going on and those are the the that's the hair texture that was featured on a lot of natural hair blocks or whatever right so when we think about all of that and like this obsession with us having our edges laid and things being straight and pulled back when we were not doing baby hair again it was a lot of 4c girls when like our hair curls up at the edges it's like oh we got to get our whole front rebraided or we're like you know hitting a brush real tight with it or i would put my i would wrap my head wrap like super tight so we'll hold my edges down Mm -hmm. or whatever it was like i think we were doing things like it's a lot healthier to put fucking edge control certain kinds but it's a lot healthier to put edge control (laughs) on your edges some of some of that stuff is weird but it's a lot healthier to put edge control on your edges than to be i think doing a lot of the pulling and tugging that some of us were doing to make our edges lay down flat or lay down Mm -hmm. straight or how some people and i know some people kind of still do this but that whole thing where some people were well even that is is healthier now because they're not putting it in the braid but people perming their edges before getting braids or whatever perming um that front area before getting braids so that it would look Mm -hmm. like it was laying flat and laying straight or whatever is not healthy for your hair it's not healthy to have a perm and then be tugging it with braids and putting all that tension on your scalp and i have seen people on social media perm their edges but then they will lay it with edge control or whatever which i i still think is kind of bonkers but it is not as stressful on the hair on the scalp as it is you know perming it and then putting it in a braid if you perm it and then put edge control or do whatever baby hairstyle you're gonna do with it like that's not as damaging it's weird to me but it's not like a damaging kind of thing i did wanna i don't know if we 
said what lace fronts are or whatever but and also i want to clarify because we are doing some explaining like it's a lot of black people that don't know don't know this these, p- sure. this particular language or whatever we don't explain things to white people here but this is like a very specific hair conversation so we're explaining things so that people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about understand what we're talking about and by people yes. we mean black people so lace fronts are the difference between like a regular ass wig it's a lot of different types of wigs but lace front again if you couldn't tell by context clues it allows the hair to look like it's coming directly out of your head coming directly from the scalp it's not just a a cap wig per se that you can put on and like not see the edge of the scalp or whatever so it just gives it a different kind of vibe a different kind of energy it also like because i think we got into the age where you said we use more language like protective styles Mm -hmm. i don't know about the edges but it is a lot less stressful because you're not sewing a weave onto your hair like you like used to do formerly where you're just like putting a wig on your braided Mm -hmm. hair and your hair under there is kind of like left alone and there's nothing being attached to your hair so there's no pulling no you know tugging and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff so there's a little less stress on um, most of your hair when you're wearing a lace front versus you know other ways when we would get sew-ins some people would glue weave in their hair stuff like Mm -hmm. that so it's a little mm-hmm. less stress on the hair and you, you know right. more protective because it's mm-hmm. not doing all the tugging and all of that shit and the, the traditional weaves that people right. got formerly. Right, right, right. And then a lot of these things, like we said, knotless braids been existed, crochet braids been existed, invisible parts been a thing. The celebrities were wearing lace fronts like yes. that was that was happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of those wigs back in the day were lace fronts. We just like again, to your point, it was just like I don't have access yeah, to that so who's, who's even thinking about what the heck they're doing <laughs> um but with natural hair becoming more mainstream technical language for things that we've been doing comes along with it so anytime something becomes more popular people start to give language to things that didn't have language before so like we were doing quote-unquote protective styling which yeah. for anyone who doesn't know protective styling are styles that allow your natural hair to rest because kinky coily hair should not be manipulated so often it shouldn't be washed every day it shouldn't be combed and pulled up into a pony tail and snatched this way snatched that way Mm -hmm. so protective styling allows your hair to be put into one style and you can keep it in for several weeks so yeah getting braids you sit there you get it braided that one time and then you don't have to you still have to take care of it but you don't have to braid it or wash it and do all of these things over and over and over again the way that you would if your hair was out and not in a protective style right so like getting our hair cornrowed getting our hair braided those were always protective styles but because there's this larger focus on keeping natural hair healthy we have called it okay this is now protective styling and in this season this is when it's best to wear protective styles and so there's all this language for things that we didn't have language for before because the default setting for black hair for so many years was to get a perm you know what i'm saying perm your hair just put a relaxer in that joint and then right that's what it was right so a lot of like what we knew about taking care of natural hair was closely tied for us i think for our generation was closely tied to the things that our mothers did to our hair when we were children because that is when we had natural hair and then after that we had a perm and it was about how do you take care of your 
permed hair and then people would get braids when maybe they were letting some of their hair their perm grow out or whatever but there wasn't enough information on how to take care of African textured hair regardless of what your texture grade is they just the information was there but it wasn't as easily and readily accessible as it is now which is why there is this whole community conversation around how to take care of black hair because it's not something that a lot of us were raised with how to do per se because it was the focus was okay well how do we assimilate and make this straight and now how do we take care of this straightened hair how do we take care of this permed hair so it's like a, a lot of knowledge around that so anyway so that's how we get back around to knotless braids because (laughs) of the focus of how do we retain and protect our natural hair and so knotless braids is this way even though like you said you was doing it before there's Mm -hmm. a greater focus now on protecting and preserving our natural hair and like there was this assumption before that when you get your hair braided it's gonna hurt also because we wasn't really for black americans we a lot of us was getting our hair permed so we would get braids but it wasn't something that a lot of us did so often there were always people where it was like okay this one always have their hair braided right that's just what they do and then most of us were getting perms and shit like that but there was this acceptance of the pain that comes along with getting your hair braided that's just how it's supposed to be it's how it goes it's gonna hurt it's normal to to lose hair it's normal to like all of this stuff that was said that it's okay shedding of course is normal in terms of hair but all these things that we kind of just accepted as the norm of having kinky hair and getting it braided and i think because of the quote-unquote natural hair movement and the focus on protecting and preserving our hair there is this focus on okay well wait a minute why should this shit hurt why should i you know Mm -hmm. why should i have to take a fucking advil Advil. right (laughs) (laughs) right i definitely popped one advil after i came home but it it wasn't like before that's just i'm very tender-headed i'm very tender-headed and i really when she was braiding it actually didn't feel like pain like i felt like okay somebody's in my head but i didn't feel the pain and the tension that i used to feel i was like mm-hmm. oh okay but i popped one anyway because i am tender-headed and it was like oh i have my hair which i haven't been touching for months i have six feet of braids in here so mm-hmm. let me take an advil let me take an advil <laughs> but anyway so yeah so that's how we got back as a precaution yes yeah that's how we got to knotless braids that's how we got back to or black americans started doing more crochet braids and shit like that because we're thinking of okay now that we are invested in protecting and taking care of our natural hair or whatever what can we do with it so that's where like all of these things and all this language lace fronts just the shit that we've been doing with lace fronts just seem to be like the natural progression of things just fucking like ingenuity just fucking like (laughs) new tech new science i'm always kind of like wow what you did that with that right like, right, wow, right. The lace fronts are like the new frontier. Yeah. 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 I would love to learn how to properly, and by learn, I mean, I would love for someone else to <laughs> properly, like, make me a really nice, like, white lace front. Maybe a few so I can switch it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. That I don't have to do anything to. Because it'd be too many steps. It's too many steps. It's too many. The glue down, the cap. I wa- Did you say, who said Diamond sent us that thing? The, the all the foundation the, the work but diamond sent us something where somebody put the whole cap over, over the whole face, face. yeah I've been, yeah, and I've then cut that. eye holes into it yeah. or whatever brilliant mm-hmm. 
brilliant brilliant <laughs> i don't have the time for anyone that, who doesn't know under the lace front usually put like a um a fucking stocking cap yeah. or whatever so a lot of i don't i don't know i don't know the tech <laughs> i don't know the tech but it's a lot of tech that's the thing like too when it. it comes to black women in here like we're fucking engineers like right. like right. that's engineering to like Mm-hmm. to like say i'm gonna attach hair to the head in this way because of this yeah. and you know like it's just fucking hair engineers and shit fucking dope we fucking are dope. brilliant we are brilliant but yeah so i want to explore these origins of knotless braids explore language and as always with anything in black culture it's always like shit that was around and now we are using new language for it for whatever reason but i, I it has been said that like our journey as a collective into this natural hair movement, even though people was wearing natural hair before, yeah. has changed and altered some of the language that we use for things that we had been doing all this Already. time. Some of the the interest and necessity for styles that had been being done, but the popularity now for those things. And it's important to say that we've been doing those things because there are so many people, black people included, who deny that black culture even yes. exists. You know what yep. I'm saying? That there was mm-hmm. any black history before they discovered like this one thing. Like you said, yeah. people had been doing invisible parts. I don't fucking know. I wasn't getting my hair weaved. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, so it's important that when we like, that was my first thought. After I got my hair braided, I was like, we could have been doing this all along. (laughs) We had the technology. It's not like certain things where it's like, oh, we didn't have this product. This is what we use now to do this, that, or whatever, right? Or somebody created this new system. It was like, no, we had the technology why wasn't we doing this but is a time thing is mm-hmm. it interesting oh whatever yeah, and it so. probably because we were getting relaxers maybe the knot helped the braid stay on like because it was like oh putting it in the knot right true now true, we true, all have true, true. Like, most of us have like hair in our natural state so you can mm-hmm. do it that way and the braid won't slip off because right. your hair like your hair has whatever it is to like keep it or take it or whatever mm-hmm. that could be another reason mm-hmm. why too because mm-hmm. i can imagine a knotless braid just kind of just slipping out <laughs> so i don't think hair. a knotless braid was i guess certain relaxed hair my hair was never fully relaxed <laughs> <laughs> my hair was never fully on chill okay my hair was always a little bit still kinky i don't know why i don't know how but it just would never fully like relax like it was never maybe the very first time i got a relaxer and then after that it was like wait what it was never fully relaxed ever (laughs) anyway Mm -hmm. let's take a break and then when we come back we're going to talk about a few of our favorite black women in sports and some of their recent challenges Money, money, money. <laughs> do, money. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamWithQueenAndJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. We have two options there. So you two. Can, two. You become a patron 
or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandjay.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And we're black. All the time. Jay, how versed are you in tennis? How versed am I in tennis? What do you know about tennis? When you hear tennis, what are you thinking? What are you... I was about to say that's a better question. Like, it's not the same fucking question. It it was. It it speaks to me better. (laughs) So... Same thing. What do I know about tennis? I know my little sister used to play tennis. Mm -hmm. I know that she had a friend named Althea who was named after a tennis, a black tennis player named Althea, whose last name I don't remember, but I know it was Mm -hmm. a black woman tennis player named Althea. And the only reason I know that is because my sister and her friend Althea used to play tennis together. (laughs) I know people use the term love in tennis. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I know about Arthur Ashe. Okay, he's a black I was tennis like, player. I hope she says that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about mm-hmm. Arthur, Arthur Ashe, gang, gang. I know about. I know the U.S. Open is a thing mm-hmm. because there's always some sort of installation about it in Manhattan or some shit. Yeah. I know Serena and Venus. I don't know about a black a lot of black men in tennis, but those are. I think those are the most of the things that I know. I do not know how to play tennis. That escapes me. Have you ever played tennis? Yes. Casually. Like we're at the cookout. It happens to be a tennis court right there. It's empty. I'll throw a ball around in the morning because I don't have anything to do and I'm a child. But that's it. That was not like my thing. I don't even know why my sister was playing tennis. I don't even know how that started. But she liked it. She was good at it. About to say, she might have been playing it. tennis. Maybe. But I don't Not That's not what I mean. I mean, this is exactly what I mean, actually. As a black girl in the Bronx, I don't know how she got started playing tennis. Gotcha. But I'm wondering if she was playing tennis because Althea was playing tennis. Like our parents would make sure that we were doing something. I'm just curious about how she ended up doing that thing because that wasn't yeah, like, something that like, we usually. Story? Yeah. Like yeah. we're not that far apart in age. Mm-hmm. I had other stuff to do by the time she was playing tennis. I was busy doing other stuff. But I am curious as to like how, how she ended up doing that. But I do know my parents were cool, I think, with Althea's parents. And so maybe she got into it because they were had Althea in tennis. I don't know. Jasmine, you could tell us if you listen to this episode. <laughs> why was you playing tennis? She'll tell us. That's next all month I know. When she listens. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. In three months from now, she will let us when both she gets of to this episode. Listen madly. I guess because they're mothers. But they both listen madly. <laughs> right. Right. She'll let us know. She'll let us know. You tend to know more about certain sports and random you know more about random leisure activities <laughs> that I don't assume. Like we are both black girls from the Bronx. Uh-huh. And I know because I was I was involved in things. I know that black girls from the Bronx do things, but you be involved in shit that I didn't know anyone else was doing okay 
So tell us what you know about tennis. Are you a trained like fucking tennis ball catcher or some shit? I know how to play tennis because my I always went to like sport kind of camps and stuff. I always was into okay. sports. Mm-hmm. So that was probably be one of the rotations. But that wasn't one of the sports I excelled in. It was just like, OK, this is what we're doing right now. My older mm-hmm. sister did play tennis and was good at it. I remember that. But I didn't really, like, know a lot about tennis. My knowledge is very similar to yours. I just know who okay. are the black people because mm-hmm. for all the black people, when you see them in sport, even if you don't know their name, it could be a random-ass mm-hmm. black person on a tennis court. You'll be like, that Beyonce meme when she's like, yeah, yeah I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So right now, I don't know if tennis has seasons because I don't have I don't have enough tennis knowledge. But right now mm-hmm. is the French Open. Okay. So tennis is happening. People are playing tennis, mm-hmm. and it just started actually. But when it began, Naomi Osaka, who is like she's the it person mm-hmm. right now in tennis. Right. She formerly beat Serena. We know Serena is like not even like Serena is as we knew of Michael Jordan <laughs> when we were kids. Serena is the Serena best athlete is alive. Possibly ever, but she's the best athlete alive, right? Mm -hmm. I don't understand why that Space Jam movie isn't about Serena, but whatever. I guess they wanted to keep it. Thank you. I guess they wanted to keep it basketball, but it should have been a Serena thing i don't understand i agree i feel like they could have made tennis lit but also they you can't involve that many looney tunes characters in a game of tennis yeah no it's a it's a um it's not a team sport really it's right even if you have teams it would be like teams of two or whatever yeah exactly like it's not Mm -hmm. a you need mad people on the court for basketball you know right so i get it but serena space jam they could have figured it out okay Mm -hmm. they could have figured it out and it should have been Serena. But anyway, so last Wednesday, Naomi released a statement saying that she would not be doing any press because it mm-hmm. is just really, really bad for her mental health. She has said that when she beat Serena back in 2008, that a lot of those press conversations. That was 2008? No, 2018. Long, Thank you. No. Oh, okay. She was a, she's a fucking kid. Child. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. In 2018. That's like when you was in high school in the 90s. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> was not but a lot of that press put her in a bad headspace because it was like mm-hmm. just a lot of questions about like one it was like yes i beat serena but like this is serena like i don't want to keep talking about how i beat my my fucking uh, yeah Mm-hmm. idol everything right. that mm-hmm. she also talks about how she has anxiety when it comes to those situations those press conferences she's really really introverted she always feel highly uncomfortable mm-hmm. just shit like that and she just rather not do that she rather just play the game a lot mm-hmm. of times she feels that the press puts self-doubt in you when they are having mm-hmm. these conversations why do you think you're the best why do you think you beat them or if you did mm-hmm. lose how did you fail? <laughs> like, where do you think right. you fucked up? You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Why are you being so confident? Exactly. Especially for her being a black person in the space, being so young in the space. Because mm-hmm. tennis is very fucking elitist. So right. it's always kind of like, why are you here? Like, prove mm-hmm. to me again why you're here. She's seen a career of Venus and Serena kind of going through that. So she kind of sees what that looks like mm-hmm. and shit at this point. So she's just like, you know what? I just, I don't want to do any press. I'm not going to do any press or whatever so she makes that statement on wednesday may 26th had she already played games already not when she made this statement but after she made this statement she did play and she won and she Mm -hmm. did exactly what she said she did not do press (laughs) Mm -hmm. she went to i don't know if 
I guess a tennis player has a locker room. I don't know. I'm just going to say locker room because I'm okay. she finished the game, went to her locker room. I would assume so. There's got to be a place where you put your street clothes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically, went to the locker room, didn't do any press. So the French open people were like mad. So within hours of her not going to the locker room, not doing press, she was fined $15,000 by the French Open's tournament referee and the leaders of the four Grand Slam tournaments. The Australian, the French, and the United States Open and Wimbledon. So all of them. Oh my gosh. How does that work? All of them threatened that she could be expelled from the French Open and face harsh penalties if she would not fulfill her media obligations. Players are subjected to fines of up to $20,000 for skipping a news conference. Though the fines have historically been far less Still, tour officials and most players have long believed that news conferences are important for the promotion of the sport, yada, yada, yada. So, like, within hours, they were just like, this was Sunday when she won the match. This is the thing. She won. She is the star player right now when it comes to tennis. Mm -hmm. People are fucking buying tickets to see Naomi. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Few hours, they released this and they also released it publicly, which I'm gonna put an opinion that I'll explain why mm-hmm. that's kind of just like, huh? To just release okay. that publicly in that way. So that happened Sunday, a few hours after she won the match. So then Monday, 531, just to give you a timestamp if you are listening to this later, she released a statement on Instagram saying that she would withdraw completely from the French Open. This has only been about not even a week of in quote-unquote controversy about her saying she wasn't doing Mm -hmm. press to actually not doing press and so many people have come at her like well this is the part of the game and you chose Mm -hmm. this sport and did it you know like all of this stuff but it's like she Mm -hmm. clearly said it was for mental health reasons it's weird to me weird but not weird but it's Mm -hmm. weird to me that there is no like mental health kind of like policy or standard or anything like nothing, like mm-hmm. no kind of like someone can't say uh, this, you know, mental health, this really does this thing to me. There's no like, let's look into it further. No, I don't think the right word is investigate, but whatever. Let's see mm-hmm. what this is. Let's see how we can help you. Let's see how we can support you. Let's see right. how we can make this less tedious. Let's see if maybe can you only do f- the journalists that you like, you know, anything mm-hmm. for this star mm-hmm. fucking player of the game. You can't do right. anything. Within hours, you just fuck with her? Especially in a sport or in any of these high-profile sports that have a lot of currency, a lot of cash flow and shit like that, like... There are all kinds of medical professionals on deck. You would think that, well, not that you would think, but one would hope that there would be some sort of mental health wing or whatever, like whoever is HR, which there's probably no HR, but (laughs) that there should also be some sort of like medical mental health section, segment, department or whatever that covers these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. especially when we're considering like the well-being of like the whole person so we're talking about injuries and all that stuff or whatever i know mental health is a different kind of thing but a more holistic approach would be cute and i think a part of this a part of these things when people are like this is a part of the job regardless of what job it is right (laughs) this is a part of the job Um, you chose this this is what you chose you chose it when people when niggas are saying that it should always be like okay when when like whenever you say something like that because it's usually someone is resisting doing something that this is a part of the job right somebody's resisting doing some shit like that ask yourself should it be right so this has been a part of the job forever 
Someone is now resisting to that before you go into this is a part of the job because so much of that shit is white supremacy. No matter Mm -hmm. what industry it is, no matter what situation you are in, when somebody is resisting something, oftentimes, again, it's one of those this is a part of the job things. Ask yourself, okay, this is a part of the job. Should it be? Is this thing that's been a part of the job, is it based in white supremacy? Is it based in bias? Is it based in ableism? Is it based in trans antagonism, homo antagonism? Yep. This is a part of the job. Okay, but why? You know what I'm saying? And I think that people who are looking to break down systems, these are the things that, and, and dismantle shit, these are the things that we always have to ask ourselves. Okay, this is a part of the job. Why is it a part of the job? Should it be a part of the job? What what needs to be done to make it not a part of the job, right? Because a lot of this shit has traditionally been problematic or centering yeah. centering whiteness, which is problematic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So or abusive or taking somebody's agency away or ableist or whatever. So like when in any situation in life, I would say no matter what institution you're a part of, if it's a family thing, if it's a family function and it's a birthday party and it's your kid's party, but they don't want to hug everybody. And you're like, this is a part of the job. And it's like, yo, should your fucking child have to hug every hug fucking everybody. adult that you yeah. invited to their birthday party? Like things like that to the smallest degree, when your instinct is to be like, this is a part of the job. Ask yourself, should it be? Should it be a part of the job? Even yes. if you had to do it or if you felt you had to do it or if you've done it before, should you have had to do that thing that you are now demanding other people do? Yeah. This is a part of the job. I'm going to That's that. exactly how they sound too. That's yeah. That. Yeah. This is a part of the job. And they do be mm-hmm. looking like a fool and you're like, yo, what? Foaming at the mouth and shit. Like, but this is your company. You could change it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> change? <laughs> but this is how it's been. <laughs> Like, you're the manager. This is a part of the job. Right. You're the manager. You could like advocate for it to be something different. Yeah. Like it's, it's usually those motherfuckers too. Like when a work setting, it's yeah. like someone with power who's like, "This is a part of the job." Right. It's like, right, right. Yes. <laughs> I was actually small tangent. I was actually working on a project, mm-hmm. and we were working on something, and one of us was like, "Wow, it's too bad that this is yada yada yada." I was like, "Well, it's like that because we." decided it was like that we can change this <laughs> <laughs> and the other person was like oh shit we can yeah, change we can this change it. but it's just like it's just we're so white supremacist patriarchal capitalism works because we are trained to believe that this is a part of the job yeah. and there's so many little things that we just believe are a part of the job that, that yeah. requires our compliance that there are times when we have power to shift things that we don't and that just yep. go, that goes for everybody. That's not limited to white men. That goes for anyone in any position of power or privilege or whatever the fuck. Like there are instances when you have the power to make a shift, but it's uncomfortable or you don't realize you have that power because you're just this is a part of the job. You know what I'm saying? You're this is the part of the jobbing your situation. Yeah. So I want to speak about someone who actually supports Naomi's decision and thanks all of this is foolishness as well as mm-hmm. you and I. But Pam Shriver, who is an ESPN top tennis commentator and also like a Hall of Famer. So this is like a fame tennis player like been through the process this is a white woman but they've done this they've played the game mm-hmm. in that way did all the things they wrote a letter to the officials basically denouncing what they did to Naomi like this mm-hmm. is this is ridiculous like what the fuck are y'all doing right. so this is an exact quote of this is a part of the job <laughs> 
Now I can't change unless I move. So it is a part of the job. This is a part of the job. So Pam was quoted stating that they needed to be more compassionate and supported in the situation and deal with it behind the scenes. Shriver told the post, we don't like the post, but this is, Mm -hmm. they got the exclusive interview. I just had to say that. The post is the shade room of news. Okay. It is. Just just had to say that. It's the white shade room. Yes. The white supremacist. Shade room. Shade room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shriver told the Post in a phone interview. They'll never say it, but I'm sure they like to have her back. They lost one of the superstars of the game. Then she goes on to say, part of the statement was appropriate, but I thought bringing in fines and code of conduct and possibly of default was wrong. Until you know the facts about someone's health, I don't like it. So basically saying mm-hmm. that you don't know what's going on with this person. Right. She told you what's going on and you never even looked into it. You didn't have mm-hmm. conversations with her. Yep. You didn't like say, even at a basic ass job, they'd be like, bring a note. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They didn't do right. any of these things. She, oh, she also goes to say that a lot of this stuff done publicly, these fines, like that stuff. These are conversations that everyone doesn't need to be in. Mm-hmm. But like fucking look into it. They wanted to make an example. They yes. wanted to make an example exactly. out of her. They wanted to remind exactly. her that this is a part of the job. Yep. And they wanted other people to feel like, okay, she's resisting against this thing that's a norm. Yeah. We don't want to have to consider if there are things about this system that we should change. So we want to send a message to everybody that you can't be doing that. You just can't yeah. decide you're gonna try and change things as an individual player. Just we don't care you who like you it. are. Yeah. So it seems to me part of this in addition to the dismissal of her mental health and potentially any racial implications that could also be at play. In addition to that, it is to send a message to everybody else. Send a message to the resistance. Let them know we will not stand for this disruption. That's the thing, too, because if you look at if someone on this level is saying Mm -hmm. that I will not just abide by whatever you say because my labor Mm-hmm. I know the worth of my labor, and if right. you don't respect it, I'm going to walk value. away. And mm-hmm. we are already in a point, because of this pandemic, people are questioning their relationship with labor, with the workforce, mm-hmm. yep. what their work is worth, and things like that. I don't know if everyone connects it that closely, but it's like, if you can see somebody... And of course, it's easier because she is a rich person. So I don't want to take mm-hmm. that out. But if you can see right. somebody at the pinnacle of their shit, be like, you know what? I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That does influence people's thought as well. Yeah. Does make people kind of question when they're at their desk and they're like, wait, <laughs> you know, like whatever. And of course, <laughs> of course, everyone has different financial right. situations, health situations. Mm-hmm. So you probably can't just walk away as easily. But it does put in your head that like, yo, I can walk away. It does plant a seed. Mm-hmm. It does tell you to think about your relationship with labor and work and worth, right. you know, and how you're treated and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that is interesting. And I like that I have seen conversations on social media where people are saying that. Of course, I do want to add nuance. This person is rich. Okay. Right, right, right. So person like, she'll is be okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so my advice is not to just get up from your desk right now and walk away. Um, right, maybe make right, a plan right. first. <laughs> mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, unless you're somebody who could do that. Because also, it's also a lot of wealthy people doing broke shit because of this fear yes. of not having, because of fucking 
scarcity mentality mm-hmm. mentality of lack scarcity model shit because of not looking a certain way after making a decision to leave a job that's like destroying you or whatever it's a lot of rich folks making broke decisions because yeah. of their desire to maintain their position within the hierarchy of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism which everybody has their reasons when i'm talking about you know talking about black folks or whatever mm-hmm. so i'm not trying to shit on whatever comfort zone you have arrived at as a mode of survival i'm just saying think about it yeah you know just, just a little bit just a little bit yeah, think I, about it i agree with that mm-hmm. so like yeah this naomi situation is pretty ridiculous and it made me think of other times in sports where i saw black women being kind of penalized more harshly just for like kind of existence so it makes me think right. of Remember Serena Williams? Um, this is also with the French Open when she had that black cat suit mm-hmm. that was like popping and amazing, and they were like, "Nah, mm-hmm. you can't wear that." It's for right. them; they she couldn't wear it because they felt it was disrespectful to the game. Tennis is a very elitist sport anyway, so there was like some kind of respectability type of air to like why they didn't want Serena to wear mm-hmm. to wear that. We have seen instances where Venus and Serena have been penalized for like attitude or like speaking. It's like. Mm-hmm niggas being tennis screaming (laughs) at the fucking refs yep throwing breaking brackets and carrying on yeah Mm -hmm. exactly i don't you know and it's just like Mm -hmm. come on and they will penalize venus or serena in ways that aren't talked about when it comes to like other tennis players specifically white men tennis players because them motherfuckers Mm -hmm. be breaking racks and doing all types of fucking shit and it's okay a lot of the ones who were popular back in the day were popular because of their attitude Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so there's that yeah so there's that then i want to move on to some other sports so another conversation that came about again because simone bowles the gymnast the the god gymnast Mm -hmm. simone Mm -hmm. bowles recently i'm getting excited i have to let them know why i'm excited (laughs) i i i i'm a former gymnast and i've also Mm -hmm. been like really into gymnastics so i don't want i need y'all to just just to give you some context so i'm like Mm oh anyway so recently simone did i have a hard time pronouncing it but it's a you're a chinko double pike which is a fucking amazing ass, difficult ass move off of the vault. And the vault mm-hmm. is the, you know, you've seen gymnastics before, right? Yes. So the vault is <laughs> Wait, the- Wait, why you look at me like I never watched no, the gymnastics I'm just, I'm just, in my I'm life. saying it to you, but I'm actually explaining right. it for them. So that's why I said No, but it you looked way. at me. I know, but you looked <laughs> at me like you did, right? <laughs> I hope like, so. <laughs> did watch you yeah yeah no when i when i was growing up the games when the games mm-hmm. were on we would watch we watched mm-hmm. the games and shit so yeah i definitely i definitely have yeah. watched gymnastics so the shit. vault mm-hmm. is like that um we used to call it the horse too but it's like when you run really really fast and then you do that big that flip over the thing and you stick the land and it's yeah. a really quick out mm-hmm. of all of the the elements it's a really quick one okay so she did this she did the move that i said Fucking amazing. Really, really difficult. Like, she's probably the only person who can do it. And the thing that makes it actually special is she added an element to it. So Mm -hmm. this move was actually created like in the 80s. So a lot of gymnasts do moves that someone else had already like done and then they just perfect it and do it more perfect. And Mm -hmm. then it's very rare, but it happens, but it's very rare that a gymnast will add a new element to it. Mm -hmm. So when she did this move, she added a new element, which is another spin, right? So that makes it more difficult. So it was like, ooh, amazing. Look what she Mm -hmm. did. It is amazing. So because of that amazing thing she did, and also this is the third time 
that Simone Biles has created an element, which is actually pretty big for gymnastics because it doesn't happen mm -hmm. often. It brought up the conversation in 2018 when she created her last element where the WTC, which is the United, which is the Women's Technical Committee, which go, mm -hmm. which like heads the USA Gymnastics shit. Mm -hmm. They played her when she made her last element. So I'm going to get into mm -hmm. what that okay. is. Before I do that, I want to explain to y'all some gymnastics shit so you don't get lost and you're okay. not confused. All right. So, All right. you know, you watch gymnastics and you see them performing. Let's say they're on a balance beam and they're doing mm -hmm. it. And a commentator mm -hmm. is always kind of like, she's going to do the left double tuck. And you, they're saying it while they're doing it. Mm -hmm. The reason that is, is that gymnasts send in their routines to the competition. And what is actually being judged is how well they perform the routine that they said they're going to do. So the efficiency, okay. the technicalities of whatever... Mm -hmm routine they send is what they're actually judging like okay that's what they're judging they're not really like seeing this new routine and saying oh my god that looks cute time, it's, right yeah. yeah it's like oh that look cute like no how well did they execute this routine without falling mm -hmm. with keeping balance you so, had said you was gonna do a triple backflip and you ain't even fully do you it ain't even do you it. ain't even fully do it exactly that's exactly that's how judging works in gymnastics okay. and then on top of that the judging system kind of have a range from a to j so each mm -hmm. move you have a being the lowest j being the highest in terms of difficulty and points yes. allotted right okay yep exactly so you understand like points and how gymnastics routines kind of work is a little different than other sports right so back in 2019 is the last time that Simone Biles had added an element to a gymnastics move. All of her moves, people generally call the Biles because it's shit. Mm -hmm. It's usually something no one else has replicated right. or no one else has done. Like she's just, she's just fucking amazing. Like she's mm -hmm. like this little person who like can just do everything. Like it's mm -hmm. just fucking amazing. But anyway, so in the 2019 World Championships, Biles submitted two new elements and the first element a triple twist double back on the floor exercise. So the floor exercise is when you see them doing on the floor mm -hmm. and they're just doing the flips and stuff. No um, equipment. That's when they have the music and they do a routine, right? Yeah. Like, dun, yep. dun, 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 dun. That's when they play <laughs> Mortal Kombat, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a throw. That's a throwback. But that that would be it. Would be something like that, right? Or it's one of those routines where they play black music all of a sudden and we're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Black music. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So she added an element to a flip and she was given a J rating, which is like the most difficult. And it makes mm -hmm. sense because she made the move more difficult. But she added, a, a, I think, another twist or something like that to that move. Then mm -hmm. she had another move that was for the balance beam where she added another double twist flip for when she flips off the balance beam. So like when you, mm -hmm. you're on a balance beam, you're doing all your shit. And then like the pow factor is the right. flip you do to get off of it and then you stick mm -hmm. the landing. So she added more to this move that already existed. She added more to that, which would mm -hmm. mean that it would be more difficult. But because the committee, the woman technical committee was haters, they gave that move an H rating when it was like, mm -hmm. no, that should definitely be a J. Like right. the move before 
the move that she added to was a G. How is this mm-hmm. just an H? This just doesn't right. make any sense. So there's a lot of controversy about that. It's still an H rating in terms of the USA Gymnastics thing. And a lot of people in USA Gymnastics did not agree with that. The mm-hmm. women's technical committee is what kept it. It's still just an H. Right. She could probably go on to different competitions and then not be an H. So maybe if she submits a routine to the Olympics with this exists, it won't mm-hmm. be an H. But basically, they're just hating on her amazingness what's their reasoning the reasoning is that they said they think it's too dangerous and Mm -hmm. that they think other people will try to do it and will break their necks but as someone as someone who does so as somebody who doesn't does doesn't do these things right that sounds valid no it does but like okay all of gymnastics (laughs) is like something that you can break your neck like okay because to me this sounds like okay so this sounds super dangerous what she's doing right which is cool she knows how to do it cool fly free do it right Mm -hmm. but if other people attempt this they could die right so could they die gymnastics is a fucking hard dangerous ass sport like the strain that you put on your body with gymnastics is that of a football player and people Mm -hmm. don't think of it in that way but that is the amount of strength. Like the way that we're like, oh my God, football players is so dangerous. Is this, we should find an alternative. Let the kids play soccer. Blah, 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 blah. Gymnastics mm-hmm. is just as that. But because I think honestly, patriarchy, because it looks like this thing and doesn't look like mm. this other thing, this more masculine thing that people don't understand, like look at it in that way or regard it in mm-hmm. that way. But gymnastics is a dangerous ass sport. Like I remember always thinking like you have to do this right or you can break something or you can hurt something right. or you could like, it I never had to die. think that much about it when I did track. I didn't have to think that much about my body in that way when I played basketball. But with gymnastics... Like mm-hmm. I did. So I'm not saying that to say that like, right. but everything is dangerous. So who cares? It's just interesting how they pick this particular thing that she did to be dangerous. And mm-hmm. a lot of the other elements she created are just as dangerous and just as difficult to do. That's why no one else has been able to do it. Right. Another reason why they said they gave it a low rating is because they don't want people to other competitors to just depend on that move and not do other moves or elements which is ridiculous like what gymnast is going to come and just do that move and just stick it and be like that's it like no (laughs) that doesn't even even make sense yeah to me the reasoning is a little shaky that's what makes it controversy that's what makes it like y'all are haters that's mm-hmm. what makes it like weird. And at the time mm-hmm. that this was happening, Simone's comment was just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, because it was just like, <laughs> all she could do was laugh because y'all is Yo, haters. I love, I love <laughs> younger black people. Okay. <laughs> they are my favorite niggas right after older black people. I love black people that are not my age. All right. Because mm-hmm. I feel like younger black people, they grew up with, I mean, every generation grows up with a little bit more freedom. Like, of course, mm-hmm. we're still encountering horrific things are still happening to black people, period. But I think our understanding as black people of like, does it have to be that way? Yes, it just progresses with every yes. generation. And mm-hmm. I just love seeing younger black people do and say shit that I never would have said in the antebellum Bronx. I would have <laughs> never fucking said like some of the freedom that I see black people, younger black people living with. I mean, of course, I am a freer person now. But back then I would have been like, yo, you could do that. <laughs> you could you could say that. 
What? I was the opposite. No, I was I like, that. I could do what I want. I can say. Right, but you knew you were being like a renegade. It wasn't like a normal. Yeah, I knew that. I was the only one. I was alone in that. I didn't have yeah right. nobody. They'd I just was be just like, like, wow, this seems like some bullshit. But I guess this is what I have to do. But this mm-hmm. is some. I'm telling you, and I'm telling everybody else, this is some bullshit. You would but say now it was I'm gonna bullshit. Go and do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you would definitely. But say I would it definitely go and do it. I would say it was bullshit, and all my friends would be like, "Why are you making this a big deal? Why are you? Why are you? What's going on? Why are you? Why are you making so this a big deal?" It's always me. You're always on some other shit. Why are you? Why are you? Um, (laughs) But I would still be doing it. So like, even it's funny though. But even the resistance to even saying something about like this don't Mm -hmm. seem right. Yeah. How would you feel affirmed and not doing it if when you say this change, no support, (laughs) no affirmation, no nothing, just a light skinned nigga out here by myself. Yes. So yeah, it's I love seeing younger black people do shit that I think only like old aunties are allowed to do. Like, uh-uh. I'm not I don't know who you think I am. I love seeing that. I love that. Oh gosh. Yeah, and then I want to just bring up one last example of kind of just people in sports just changing the rules cuz black women are just too great and popping mm-hmm. when doing so. Um popping. <laughs> like <laughs> they just be hating in the club. They be hating outside the club. Like mm-hmm. you can't even can't even get in. Can't. The fuck. So, um, Casta Semenya is a, another person who they have been hating on. They've been hating on her for a really, really long time. So, mm-hmm. she is a woman track star from South Africa, and she has been banned from running all women races unless she reduces her levels of testosterone. Mm-hmm. And by reducing her levels, to be clear, that means taking some kind of medication Mm -hmm. to reduce. That doesn't mean, like, drink more water, relax. It doesn't mean that. It means, like, chemically alter your body. Body. So you can compete with other women. Right. Fit into what has been predetermined, what we say woman is. Right. Yeah. So just to give you some background, Semenya's biology has been under scrutiny for a decade, ever since she burst on a scene at the 2009 World Track Field. I'm reading this from New York Times, just so Mm -hmm. we are sourcing championships, and was subjected to sex tests following her victory. So she wins, does amazing, and mm. it was like, wait, are you a woman? And it's like, mm. what the fuck? Right. So after this happens to her for the World Track and Field Championships, South African leaders complained of racism, which I can definitely agree with because this is just yeah. like, what other reason? Mm-hmm. The issue of whether a rare biological trait was causing an unfair advantage for Semenya and a small subset of women quickly morphed into a battle about privacy and human rights, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I understand. Just for more information, Semenya produces, this is a woman, biological woman, just to be technical, because their their body just produces more testosterone. But right. to what standard is more testosterone? You know, mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. doesn't even, that's obviously some white supremacist shit on like what a woman is. They don't right. consider black women women anyway. So now mm-hmm, you're saying this person mm-hmm. produces too much testosterone to perform with other women in track mm-hmm. and field. But there are other athletes who have these kind of genetic 
advantages and they're not penalized for it. Malcolm Phelps is, mm-hmm. is one who was like, his lungs Michael. are able to do shit. I can't get mm-hmm. into the technicalities of it, but because of his genetic makeup. That, and I think his fucking wingspan, I think is like off the charts or some shit that helps him swim or whatever. Yeah, some whatever it is, it's some genetic shit that gives him an advantage right. for other swimmers and he's not penalized for it. They don't say mm-hmm. shorten your throat or I don't, they're not mm-hmm. telling this person to change or alter something that their body genetically right. does to swim. But this mm-hmm. is what you're asking right. her to do. I think it should be noted that she's also queer. I don't know. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what anyone's knowledge of that was at the time they were making this decision. But I think mm-hmm. when we're talking about, like, the discrimination, we can't yes. pretend that that might have not been a factor. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. She has said little publicly about her specific biology other than stating that God made her the way she is. And she don't need to say anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she doesn't need right. to say anymore. So um, if Semenya wants to keep participating in her specialty, the 800 meters, a major international competition, she faces some hard choices. So she either has to take hormone suppression drugs and reduce her testosterone levels below five nanomoles per liter for six months before a competition Mm. and maintain those lowered levels. So that's one choice that she has. The other mm-hmm. is she competes against men or enter competitions for intersex athletes. If any are offered, because I don't even think I've never right. heard of that being even a fucking thing. So that's pulled out right. of their ass. We're just now, not even a lot of us, but some of us are just now like acknowledging intersex people even mm-hmm. exist. She will not be allowed to run the 800 at the Olympics that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So like they mm-hmm. have basically stopped her career unless she does whatever the fuck they say and it's all mm-hmm. because this person is an amazing fucking athlete right like right 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 so that's just another instance of them changing the rules moving stuff around changing the goalposts doing mm-hmm. all of this stuff because black women are performing well in sports i wonder also like i wonder like are they testing everybody's hormone levels or is this based on like physical appearance? Like, are they looking at every woman and saying like, is this based on her physical appearance? Yes. You know what I'm saying? That she was subjected to this. Like, it's just like a lot of fucked up shit involved in this whole Mm -hmm. thing. It sounds like everyone is not subject to this kind of testing. And yeah, that's just, it's just disturbing. It's always like, it's like it's always bigger than because there has there has been a lot of debate about trans folks participating in competition sports and shit like that or whatever. But like even if you are somebody, regardless to where you fall on that opinion scale of like what should be happening with that in sports, there's so much fucked up shit involved in how people are arriving to these conclusions. Yeah. There's so much like not OK shit that's happening. It's like. No one is addressing the fact that she was subject to this based on somebody's opinion of like her appearance. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we need to really explore. And that also goes to the, to the point of like, even though she is not a trans person, this all goes back to transphobia and how yes. we like yeah. to pretend that trans people don't exist or wish them out of existence and so there's no space made for anybody who falls outside of the quote-unquote gender binary even though we know that trans people 
often fall into the binary, but in terms mm-hmm. of people's understanding of like cisness, anyone who falls out of yes. cisgender shit, people like to wish them out of existence. So like the fact that trans people exist, the fact that people in general, cis people exist on different ranges of the hormone spectrum or whatever. It's like, there is no accounting for that within this universe of Mm -hmm. competitive sport, which is transphobic, is fucking exclusionary, is fucking, um, I'm going to say that it's ableist, even though we're not talking about, quote unquote, necessarily like disabilities or handicaps or whatever. I do feel like it's just like, if you do not fit into what we have decided is this predetermined norm, right? which black women and our bodies often do not because the predetermined norm is whiteness, then we're not making any accommodation for that. We're not factoring that in. We're not considering that anything that we're doing or have been doing here is a problem because this is the job and this is like how it is. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so that's like really problematic. And I just wish that like people would really think about like, how are we treating people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And it's like, on I don't know the science, but like, who the fuck decided how much estrogen or t- testosterone or whatever right. determines that? Like, mm-hmm. how, you know, like, who decided? Like, when, it, when they talk about the amount that she has to reduce, how the fuck did you come up with that number? Like, how, right. what, what are you, and I'm sure that they're using some standard of a white woman's estrogen, probably, mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck. But like, mm-hmm. w- what? Like, do you not right. feel ridiculous doing that math problem? Like, mm-hmm. do you not? I feel yeah. ridiculous like yeah. coming to the conclusion of what like how do you not mm-hmm. feel ridiculous mm-hmm. i'm thinking about i want to say allison williams is her name but there's a track star the, a, a black woman track star who outran usain bolt and so he's like you know the biggest deal in track mm-hmm. in men's track and field quote unquote yes. or whatever and she beat one of his records for for some shit like is she to be tested now because she beat a man you know what man? i'm saying yeah, like yeah it's, it's she presents differently but like are we gonna now test her like it's just yeah. we what are the rules who's driving the train you know yeah, and then, and then also a, a part of the transphobia that you mentioned is that because this person is based on uh, white supremacist standards because this person is more masculine presenting and they're doing so amazing then it, they must be tricking us is this a woman you know because trans people right. are always tricking us and trans right. people are always like mm-hmm. you know anything queer is a trickster and you're trying to sneak mm-hmm. in and is this a man yo legit like, trans people and black people mm-hmm. yes yes black she, people yes. if we are successful we have tricked and fooled our way what are you doing here we've tricked and fooled somebody Mm -hmm. we don't belong there or you know whatever i'm not saying that to erase transness what i'm or or the challenges that come with transness what i'm saying is that blackness and this has been discussed before like blackness is inherently queer and i think that we often try to separate Mm -hmm. our experiences as black people from the experiences of queer folks from the experiences Mm -hmm. of trans folks and it's that same thing of like, well, you must have done something. There's yes. no way a person like yeah. you would be, would be here. allowed here. If you're here, yeah. you must have duped your way here and you are taking a cis white person's spot. You know what I'm saying? How how dare you be here? Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. So the world is shitty, even in sports. 
for black women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that didn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not it a good did way not to, not a good way to close this the out. shit that makes me feel good the shit that makes me feel good is fucking what's her name Casta Semenya yes existing living her best life mm-hmm. doing her thing it's unfortunate that her life has to be an example of resistance it's upsetting that any of us have to do this shit or whatever yeah but we definitely support her in this journey it's really fucking whack that she's not going to be able to participate in the olympics but fucking say her name know her name talk about her story i fucking love that simone biles is laughing (laughs) at (laughs) doing her shit and laughing along the way i love that shit i fucking love that naomi osaka fucking was like i'll eat the fine but also you know what you i'm know not what? doing this i'm, I'm, I'm gonna just pull out of this all right i'm good you're good we're good i'm the biggest person in the sport right now if you don't you don't want me here i'll okay. dip i guess people will give their tickets away or whatever yeah, i just like, i'm not playing in this i live for that yeah i do live too. for it i do too so so i i think we did an episode we did a motherfucking show. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can send us your T mail to T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And as always, you can check out our website, T with Queen and J. Um, anything else um that is it my personal social media if you would like to follow me is at the queen speaks with an underscore that is on instagram and twitter where can they follow you jay you can follow me at janicia f j-a-n-i-c-i-a-f yes yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) as a person who spells your name wrong often i i am disappointed that you forgot I'll be forgetting. This episode <laughs> was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia, a black girl named Naima. Uh... <laughs> Who are we? What are we I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> um, with editorial support from a black girl named Candace and social media support from a black girl named Joe. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. say it so easily. Why? Because I believe it. What she has said, she said it with so much confidence the first time. But if you keep one on and on, but so we can't keep it interrupting. I mean, if you want, you better understand that you're dealing with an image of a 14 year old child, and this child gonna be out the plan when your whole ass and knee gonna be in the grave. When she says something, we done told you what's happening with a little black kid and let her be a kid. She'll answer it with a lot of confidence. Leave that alone.